So uh, today we will do part two of uh, something I started last week, which was stewardship of your soul. And we looked at uh, the inheritance that God has got for you in 2022. God has got, as we begin this year, God has got something incredibly special for you this year, um, a promised land. And then we looked last week at uh, Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1. How God spoke to Joshua because Joshua had to lead the Israelites into their promised land. Um, you guys, myself included, have to lead ourselves into uh, our promised land as we follow God. And as we looked at it, um, Mally mentioned in the preach, be strong and courageous was one of the main things that the Lord was saying to Joshua. We discovered that the, uh, what was at risk, what was a potential blockage, uh, was not God's power, was, was actually, in terms of Joshua's leadership, was in the area of his soul. And that God actually had to deal with his soul and speak to his soul, be strong and courageous. And then um, we saw uh, two points come out of that, which was um, obedience and wholeheartedness, which is key for us uh, this year as well. And then as we opened that up, uh, we looked at more and um, we... I'm, I'm, I'm doing a recap for those of you guys that missed last week, but um, if you uh, did miss it, please, um, I'm giving you the short version, but uh, if we can just bring up that, uh, that graphic of um, the area of the soul, and we looked at this, it's a common um, diagram to give us as much as a human mind as possible, there may be more to it, but this is a, a common helpful uh, picture of it, three circles within one another. And there's a scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that we looked at. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, and we looked at the order there, spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And uh, understanding of, of, of when we become born again, that the Holy Spirit comes uh, into our spirit. Our spirit becomes regenerated. That becomes that source of life. And I actually... Um, borrowed Ethan's laser so because uh, I couldn't actually point uh, last week but um, let's see how we go oh there we go is everyone impressed <laughs> so God comes to dwell inside our spirit and um, as uh, Paul described in 1 Thessalonians the, saint, the process of sanctification that notice the order, spirit, soul, body, so that God begins in the spirit. Jesus said to the Pharisees, because the Pharisees were trying to, uh, as many other religions, every other religion that I can think of, let's start on the outside and, uh, and work our way in, whereas Christianity, let's start at the inside and work our way out, and that the Holy Spirit comes and fills us deep within our core. And from, we walk away born again with this completely transform, transformed. And then over a period of time that the area of, of the soul is transformed as the Holy Spirit uh, um, sanctifies us. The process of sanctification, which takes time. So the moment I get born again, I, the Lord saves me. I walk out of a meeting, if it happened in a meeting, which for most of us it happens in a meeting. Um, I walk out of that meeting with my spirit 
completely transformed. But my, my, the area of my soul has not yet been transformed. Maybe a little bit. And I shared about it in my first week. Um, I used to use the F word a lot. But I noticed in that first week that something was, was different. Every time I said the F word, it just didn't feel like it used to. And, and, and I stopped it. The first week, it took the first week. Smoking took me two weeks. That the, the Holy Spirit inside of me is, try, is starting to clean up my soul. And then we looked at the soul as the area of the mind, will, and emotions. And we also, you know, again, this is as, as much as our, us in our, um, in our uh, limited perspective can understand this. Maybe we get to heaven and the Lord says, no, there's more, you know. But these are a common perception. I know Billy Graham's preached on this as well. That we broke up the soul into the area of mind, will, and emotions. But just before we go there, another interesting scripture we looked at was uh, Mary. And we see the separation that's in Luke 1, 46 to 47, where Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So you see the separation there. So why is this important? is I was um, sitting in front of my computer at the beginning of the year and I felt such a sense of expectation in my heart for what the Lord had for me. Not necessarily in terms of how I lead the congregation, but myself personally, what the Lord had for me in my family, uh, with my boy, with my friendships. And I felt like the Lord was ready, as he was with Joshua. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to take you to the promised land. And I felt like the only blockage would be, if we can leave that graphic up, the only blockage would be the area of the soul. The Holy Spirit in me was rearing to go. My body is subject to my soul. I tell my body, if my body doesn't feel like going to a meeting, I tell my body it's going to go to a meeting. So the body is not really the issue. I mean, if you're dead, obviously, then it is an issue. Um, If you've got like a broken leg, I mean, Lance doesn't need a meeting and look at him, you know. He's got a box under, he's making a plan, you know. So I tell my body what to do. But it's this area of the soul that's going to cause problems. And as God God dealt with Joshua, he's trying to work in the area of his soul. And then we looked at um, uh, scriptures to support that. Um, And those ones for for you guys making notes uh, was Proverbs 2.10, Job 7.15, and 1 Samuel 36. And... We saw from those scriptures that the soul can think, which is your mind. The soul can decide, which is your will. And the soul can feel, which is your emotions. Matthew twenty six forty one says, Watch and pray so that you not fall into temptation. This is when most of the disciples, if not, I think all of them, eventually fell asleep in the garden of Gethsemane. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And... What I want to do today is give you practical steps to steward your soul in such a way that you will keep better in step with the Holy Spirit. Because it's the area of your soul, your mind, your will and emotions that is holding back or potentially holding back what the Lord wants to do. And uh, Galatians 5.25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I really want us to keep in step with the Spirit. And I don't want anything in my mind Thoughts, anything in my will, stubbornness or disobedience or anything in my emotions, I'm just depressed, to keep me back from trying to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Because I know that as I 
keep in step with the Spirit that I'm going to enter the promised land that God has for me. As I'm in my interactions with my wife, as I follow the Holy Spirit. And you know what it's like to feel it. I can sometimes feel the Lord just wants to do this. And I'm like, let me cooperate with the Spirit. And every time I cooperate with the Spirit, it's a cool testimony. And every time I don't, I regret it, you know. So, are we all good? We ready to go? Everyone's comfortable? Okay, so... Let's move on. How does God work practically in these three areas so that he can recalibrate us? So let's just start with the area of your mind. So we are, as human beings, self-aware. So we uh, are able to have a conversation with ourselves. And I'm not saying that I'm schizophrenic, uh, because I know people that may be struggling with that also may have conversations with themselves. But usually with more than just two, two, there might be three or four or five, okay? Um, that's what Hollywood tells me anyway. So I haven't seen it for myself. But I, I certainly, and I, I think this is uh, common to us all, is that I'll have a conversation with myself. And I'll give an example. So it's a, it was a very, very hot day yesterday. And I really, really feel like an ice cream. But I've got no ice cream in the house. But I greatly desire ice cream. So I start to have this conversation in my head. Oh, I'd love to get some ice cream. Um, and then I find someone else or a, a counter argument happening. But then I would have to go to the shop and get in the car. Um, I mean, what a schlep, you know? Like I have to go stand in a queue. And then the other side of the argument goes, but I really want ice cream. Imagine that ice cream in my mouth. So I'm having this conversation in my head as if there's two people talking and there's an argument happening. Um, and then eventually, I settle on something. And at that point, my will kicks in, and then I make a decision whether to get in the car or not, depending on how, whether, who won the argument in my head. And Joyce Mayer, uh, don't read her, um, although she's probably got her moments. I know Donna's got a few books, but she, she hasn't read them for years. Um, but Joyce Mayer calls... And I, I do agree with what she says about this. She calls the mind a battlefield. The mind is a battlefield. And often where the battle is won begins in the mind. That's, that's where it is. You know, you can say, you know, uh, how do I fight? You know, what do I fight with? I, often it starts there. And what I felt like the Lord wanted to say is I think for many of us, We've neglected in the area of the Word because the Word, the Word of God, the Bible, is where we need to be spending our time renewing our mind. I mean, look at that scripture. So this is um, uh, Romans 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. So God's, uh, at the end of this passage there, he said, um, uh, we're heading for God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the last, that's where we're heading so Paul's saying this is where we're heading, and then he's putting down some ground rules. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to first of all, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So first of all, I'm going to bring my body under submission. There's, I'm going to, my body has needs and desires, but I'm not going to entertain those in, in any way that it's going to hold me back from what the Lord wants me. If my body doesn't want to go to a meeting, uh, I tell my body that it's going to the meeting because I'm in control of myself. And that can be really tough sometimes. 
So first of all, I offer my body as a living sacrifice. And you may feel that you're sitting in community one night and you're a living sacrifice. I'm just forcing myself to be there. But I'll tell you what, I've never been to a meeting where I regretted being at that meeting. I've never walked out of any community group or, or Sunday service or any other Christian meeting and said, oh, I wish I didn't go. And every single time I force myself because I'm in charge of my body, I walk back going, I'm so glad I came. And I can tell you there's many other times where, fortunately not too many, where I've missed a meeting and I've gone, ah, oh, I should have just forced myself to go. And so, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And this scripture, this verse relevant to us, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And there's lots of thinking in this world that um, tries to brainwash us, tries to change our mind, tries to make us think like the rest of the world thinks. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's talking about a transformation of our mind, and it's really, really important that you guys spend time on the Word of God. The Word of God, the Bible, has been given to us for us to consume. In some countries like China, even a few pages are precious, and, they, and people die for it. But we have the Bible in our bedrooms, on our phones, and we, we neglect it, myself included, compared to the potential of how much we can renew our minds. And I really felt the Lord wanted to say this. We spend a lot of time in Psalms, Gospels, but I really felt the Lord wanted to say that He wanted us to spend a lot more time in the books that tell us who we are in Christ. And those books, and I'm even going to list them, and I've never done this before. So Paul has 13 books, Romans, Okay, this is a list, okay? But I just wanted to go through it because I want your brain to discover that there's a wealth there that some of us may be neglecting. Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Philippians, Thessalonians, Philemon, Phil, Ephesians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus. That's all Paul's books. Get in love with Paul. Paul was, I mean, follow Paul. I mean, I know that Paul's Andrew's hero. This is a man that was entrusted with the Gentile church. This is a man who we can see his struggles himself. But as you get into it and as you get into the mind of Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you will start to discover who you are. Pick up Ephesians 1 and read through Ephesians 1. You cannot have a bad day. It tells you who you are in Christ, that the news is good. And everything's going to end well. But not only that, that you are something, a creature that in Jesus that is much more greater than we could ever comprehend this side of eternity. And you read it and you suddenly go, wow, okay. <laughs> I'm not just someone that works at Checkers. I am someone in God's sight that he has made me a creature of eternity, well-equipped to enter an eternity, a room in my father's house waiting for me, a son of God, a daughter of God, anointed, appointed. And then other books, like Peter. So this is Peter who walked with Jesus. 
I mean, you, you, we've got books that we can read from the very person that walked next to Jesus. From the person that stood there and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. The person that denied Jesus three times publicly. We can read his very thoughts, his intimate thoughts. And as you read through it, you find these moments where they just open up and be super vulnerable. And you actually need to discover that for yourself. You should be taught by myself and apostolically and by teachers. But the Holy Spirit will also teach you as you read the Bible for yourselves. Revivals are started by people starting to read the Bible for themselves and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. If you're not sure, come and check with one of the elders. The elders are responsible for direction, discipline, and doctrine. They will keep you on the straight and narrow. But by and large, you need to consume this word for yourself. Otherwise, you're constantly getting it secondhand. Obviously, when they're apostolic teachers, that's critical for direction. But I'm talking about just getting to know who you are yourself. Find out who you are in Jesus. James, this is the physical brother of Jesus. Comes out of the same womb as Jesus. Probably looked similar. I mean, he's got the same mother. He writes a book. Go into the book of James. Think about it. The first leader of the church in Jerusalem. They're debating in Jerusalem, having this big powwow about, I can't remember what, they, what were they debating about, about the Gentiles. And then it's at an impasse. And then it says, and James stood up. And then just everyone listens, you know, because he's the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He's just authority. This is the brother of Jesus. Go into James and read it. Get his heart. This is a real person. Let your mind be transformed by the word of God. I also find that the word of God has a cleansing effect. If I've sinned, if I've fallen short in some area and I'm feeling convicted, I just read the word and I suddenly feel washed. The word is living and alive. <laughs> Let's get excited about the word. Yeah? So please, before I move on to your will, settle the mind. You know, you can go get some pep talk and to cheer you up. You can go have some psychologist speak to you, and that can be good. Can give you some handles. But let the word change. I tell you, if this gets rootier, some of you guys are going to be doing crazy things out there. Because the word of God creates miracles, and the word of God creates faith. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. You guys are going to be, yeah, way beyond. Get into the New Testament. I'm not saying don't read the Old Testament. Old Testament is incredibly beautiful to, to understand the, the character of God. I love the Old Testament. It's much easier reading. Um, but the Old Testament doesn't tell you who you are in Christ the way the New Testament does. I mean, the New Testament, everything is revealed. We good? Okay, so get into the books of Paul, Peter, John, James. Oh, I didn't even mention John. John is five books. John... John 1, 2, and 3, and the book of Revelation. Okay, so now we've got the, the, the disciple that rested his head against Jesus' actual physical chest. 
He felt Jesus' chest on the back of his head. You've got access to his thoughts inspired by the Holy Spirit. You can read John. You've got five books of his. But we just, we don't see the treasure. And we should. These are men who walked with Jesus. I really feel we need to up our, 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 we should be talking to each other about scriptures. And whenever it gets weird, go to an elder. Okay, enough. Because you can get weird. Okay? And when you're reading it, don't consume huge parts. When you, if, if you're reading the Old Testament, you could do big chapters. You're not going to be able to do that in the New Testament, especially the, these books that I'm talking about. Just spend time on one little section. If, if it's nothing, doing nothing for you, move on. If something jumps out, camp there for a while. Just sit on that. It's not about quantity. It's completely about quality. Are we good? Okay, so you're all reading your Bibles. And you're not just reading Psalms, okay? Okay, I, I would recommend that you do read Psalms daily, but not only. Okay, you're not just re- reading t- uh, Jeremiah 29 11, okay? Okay, let's get in there. I want you guys t- talking to a community group. Hey, I got into Galatians. I just discovered something. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Start to get excited. Let, let the scriptures excite you. Start to talk one another. You know, it says, speak to, the, speak to one another with songs, hymns. Does it say scriptures? Spiritual songs. Let's get excited about what's in the Bible. I'll tell you what, a Chinese person from the persecuted church would be like, Looking at us strange, the way sometimes in the Western world we don't treasure the scriptures that we've been given, that people died for. When they try to translate the Latin into English, people died. The Catholic Church would not want the everyday man to read it. And the moment it was read, revival started to break out because people could read it for themselves and not be told from some priest what it means, second end. Read it for yourself. And if you're not sure, check with the leader. Okay? Oh, I long for that, hey, because I tell you what, it's, it, it's gonna, it, it'll make my job, well, it won't even make my job easier. I'll just will be astounded at what's going on if guys get into the word and get excited about the word. You will, if you discover who you are, you know, I broke, I broke up with this chick once. Broke up with this girlfriend once. I was so bummed. And it was one of the lowest I've ever been in my life, okay? Ephesians 1 saved me. Because I've seen guys break up and leave the church because she was still in the church or he was still in the church. Ephesians 1 said, Joey, this is just some blonde chick on earth. Look at what God has for you in eternity. Ephesians 1 saved me. Someone was telling me, Donna was telling me the other day, that um, who was, they can recite the whole of Ephesians. Francis Chan sat in front of a congregation and recited the whole of Ephesians without looking at his Bible once. He had memorized the whole of Ephesians. Francis Chan, I know you all like him. What's going on in Francis Chan's soul that he memorizes? I'm talking about he sat there and, went, and then every now and then he got stuck and he went, hold on, hold on, and then he picked it up again. 
I mean, I've got like maybe one or two lines. He's got an entire book. And we know Francis Chan's got a cooking walk. Get the word in your heart, especially these books that I mentioned, because they specifically tell you who you are in Christ. Okay, can we move on? Everyone's got that? Good. We'll massage it in. The second area is your will. So we've covered your mind, renewing your mind through the word, telling you who you are, getting you to think straight. Sometimes I, said, I tell Donna, I'm coming back, I'm struggling. I said, Donna, just, just speak to me. Speak straight to me out. Just talk to me. Just talk sense into me. The Bible talks sense into you when you're wobbling. Let the Bible talk sense into you. Evan Roberts, who is kind of one of my heroes, although I don't really know 100% too much about him, but what I read from him, I really like it. He kind of went a little bit off towards the end, as many of the God's generals did. But he did well in the Welsh Revival, and during the Welsh Revival, he led the Welsh Revival at 26 years old, which is quite a thing for that time. No degree, nothing. So he had all the big hitters from Wales, South England, behind him. Guys like Clarence, you know, like, like you know, and they all endorsed him. They all endorsed him. They said, whatever he says, we say. And he, his most famous prayer, bend me, Lord. Are we going to allow the Lord to bend our will? Bend our will. So Evan, his, that was his cry, bend me, Lord, because our will is so strong. Will you surrender your will to God's will? We know that even Jesus himself in Luke 22, 42 said, not my will, but your will be done. Even Jesus had to bend his will to the Father. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, and I, I, this is the angle I want to do on it. I felt like the Lord showed me this about, in terms of our will. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We love leaning on our own understanding. It says lean not on your understanding. I think there was a part of I hear the way Jesus is talking. Not If there's any other way, Father, but not my will, but yours be done. Even Jesus, in a way, I know he's God in the flesh, 100%, all the rest. But even in a way, he was saying, I'm not leaning on my understanding. I'm going to trust you, Father. You know best. Do you know that God has the best for you for 2022? You need to believe that he knows better than you know. Because if you think that you know better than he knows, you're going to give him all the easy decisions, and you're going to keep all the tough ones that you really care about for yourself. You know what, I'll, he can decide which chocolate I, can, I want, you know. It's between the Snickers and the, and the Bounty, which is quite a challenge for me, okay? My two favorites, okay, just so you know. <laughs> you know what, Jesus, you can, you give me a prompting, you know, as I reach out to the owl. Um, but then, who I marry, who I date, where I live, which job I have, uh, should I give to this person or not when it really hurts, etc. All the tough ones, we go like, well, I'm not going to trust that with God because I'm going to lean on my own understanding. And if we follow the scripture here, it says from verse 6, in all your ways submit to him. So it uses this word submit. We need to, in all your ways, not some of your ways, in all your ways. And some of them are definitely harder to do than others. Submit. You know, submit, submit means 
There's no other way to think about submission than, Lord, I'm submitting my will to you. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. Guide me. And you know what? There's a tremendous amount of vulnerability in that. Because if God doesn't come through for you, you could be seriously in the poo. I mean, I've had people quit jobs because they really felt that the Lord wanted them to quit a job. What if you didn't hear the Lord? Now you don't have a job. There's a, re- there's a realm of, of, of vulnerability. I would say if you're going to quit your job, come to the elders. The elder, this person did come to the elders and the elders witnessed with the decision. But the reality is, is there's, a, there's something going on in your soul. And you need to make a conscious decision to surrender your will to God. We good to that? Third area is emotions. And this is a biggie because we, we especially young guys, so I just want to s- submit that to the young guys, uh, less than 25. Do you guys know that your insurance premiums are m- way higher than guys are 26 and over? Okay, this is guys in insurance companies. Go check with them. Check your insurance premium 26 plus and 25 under. Because there's a part of youngness, which you guys are very privileged to have because youth is wasted on the young. Ask the old guys. You don't appreciate that everything works so perfectly. You know, like, oh, 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 it works so perfectly, you know. Instead of like, this hurts. Um, but uh, there's, there's a sensibility that is sometimes... A deferred, uh, you sometimes defer to emotional rather than what's sensible. So there's a deferment there. And um, so this is, a more challenge, this is a great challenge for you. That's why young people are, they can't do without music because music is so, such an emotional thing for them. I mean, I couldn't cope without earphones on when I was young, but now I'm like, I'm fine, you know? Um, because emotions are not such a driving force in my soul anymore. Um, I felt the Lord wanted to tell us what an issue emotions are. And I I looked at a study done in 2019 in the USA. It found that 26% of adults, 18 years and older, had been involved in binge drinking in the past month. Okay, so let me just process that for you. One in four American adults, 25%, a quarter, in the last month had been involved in binge drinking. That's just getting drunk. That's pre-COVID. I think it's worse now. Why do so many people want to get drunk on a regular basis? It's because they, it does something for their emotions. And Ephesians 5.18 says this, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Why is Paul using drink as an example to be filled with the Spirit. It's because the, holy, the, 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 the wine is a counterfeit for what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you joy, peace, love, patience. That Holy Spirit that's deep inside wants to work through your soul. And us ourselves, we need to be careful of that. I've been in churches where alcohol starts to become a little bit too comfortable than it should be. And I know it makes you feel good and it makes you relax. But this scripture here says that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying don't go drink. I would never 
ever have alcohol at any Christian meeting that it's been assigned as a Christian meeting. If you are alone with some of your friends and you know that there's absolutely no problem in the area of alcohol, um, and you want to have a, like one glass of wine or something, and you know, not just very light, I don't believe the Lord is barring us from alcohol. In fact, Paul says to Timothy, have a little wine with your meal so that it will settle your stomach because of the alcohol content. But we need to be careful that, that we're not going to wine or beer for our emotional support. As most of the world is. And if we say it doesn't happen in the church, it happens in the church. I have been, this is a long time ago, but I have been in a community group meeting where they were having shots. Very long time ago, not this, not, not here, okay? Uh, uh, tequila. Why? Because they're trying to make themselves feel good. Someone, for goodness sake, pick up a guitar and let's praise Jesus. So that we can... Get our emotions lifted. In addition to the Holy Spirit, we need to access the Father. So let the Holy Spirit fill us. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. There's no way that you can read the scripture without seeing that the God your Father wants to comfort you. The God of all comfort, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Spend some time on that if you've got a poor picture of the Father. He wants to wrap His arms around you and make you feel good. Because that's what I do with my son. When I see he's struggling, I hold him and everything. I told him today, he couldn't have this video game. I said, no, you're not, nowhere on earth you're playing that video game. And he was like, oh, bummed. And I said, are you feeling quite depressed now? And he's like, yeah. And I said, Ethan, it's going to be all right. There's so much more to life. It's going to be okay. And then I could check a little smile. That's what the Father does to us. It's going to be okay. Jesus himself, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Don't think Jesus doesn't know how we feel. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Jesus knows how you're feeling. He was in a human body. I'm moving quicker. And this is what I want to land on today. Are we, are we good on emotions? Um, I think for some of us, we may be on prescription drugs because we may be suffering from depression. I think, and I see where Andrew's landed on this, is they're part of the fight. Specifically when they're being um, prescribed by a doctor. But at the end of the day, we need to be going to Jesus for our emotions. You know, there's guys that have emotional support dogs, bless their hearts, and they can't survive without the emotional support dog. And I know you guys might have it dog at home as well that makes you feel good but whatever it is we need to be going to Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit for our emotions because too many of us are struggling with depression and you know what that depression and it's not a shameful thing because I tell you what every single one of us here it's much more common than people think every single one of us have, have struggled with it to some degree but we need to go to God and say God Fill my mind with your word. I bend my will. 
And as that scripture says, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love, your joy, your peace, and I'm not going to leave you until you do that. Because that's your will for me. Otherwise, we just baptize in lemon juice. And we just, everyone's like, goodness, really, is God that good? Because it doesn't look like it is. How come the Holy Spirit comes and people start giggling? Because of what he's doing. And this is what I want to land today. I'll give you patience so far. Is I felt like the Lord wants us to be in this area of emotions. To be encouragement to one another. And we see it in Philippians uh, 1.7. And Paul is talking about Titus. And I want each one of us to be a Titus. Philippians 1.7. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother. Because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Sorry, that's to Philemon. I'll do Titus in a sec. Philemon, that's full. I want you to be a full first. I'll do Titus next. We can see that Paul is thanking his brother, Philemon, because he has derived much joy and comfort from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Are you refreshing the hearts of the saints around you? And I had a prophetic word earlier in the worship, and I really do believe that it was from God. And Phil was, um, um, Phil was receiving them. And that was from Torino. And Torino was talking about unity. And then up at the top, there was a word from Luke. And Luke was talking about us being anchored in Jesus, but also being anchored to one another. Because you're not only built into being alone, we're built into a body. And are you being a Philemon, Philemon, Phil, to those around you? Are you refreshing the hearts of the saints? And here's the challenge. You're not going to be able to do it unless you yourself are being encouraged and filled up. Uh, let me do Titus. Titus is 2 Corinthians 7, 6, 7. But God, so it's Paul speaking to the Corinthians about Titus. So we, there's the example of Philemon, Philemon. And he has the example of Titus. But God who comforts a downcast comforted, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Are people comforted by your, tit- by your coming? When you arrive at community group, do, do, do you cheer the place up? Because you have, you're full of God. And not only by his coming, but by, also by the comfort you had given him. So Titus was comforted by the Corinthians, well, comforted the Corinthians, and the Corinthian church also comforted him. He told us about your, long, your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. As I read these scriptures, I see that God not only ministers direct, but I see that God also ministers to us through others. He's going to minister through Yaku to me. He's going to minister through my wife to me. Are you ministering to others so that you can be a Philemon or a Titus? Because God wants you to be. That you refresh the hearts of the saints. When you're having your quiet time and you're getting filled up, it's not just for you, it's also for others. If you're not, I'm going to ask you to repent tonight. And, and just have that prayer before God and say, God, I want to be an encourager. I want to be a refresher. 
And I'm going to land to this. This is 1 Samuel 36. And David is greatly distressed. At this point in time, all of God's people have been carried away. Um, either the Philistines or the Amalekites. I think it was those two, the enemy. Everyone's bummed. And then they, they were so bummed that all their uh, wives and they were out in a battle. While they were out fighting, the enemy came in and stole all their uh, wives and their children. So they came back, camp is deserted. They greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning David because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But Dra- David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Are you strengthening yourself in God? The King James Version says, he encouraged himself in the Lord. So as we tackle this year, God has got great things for every single one of you. You're saved. Picture that your Holy Spirit's filling you. Paul talks about the energy that works within me. Your body is subject to your soul. In this area of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, what are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with your mind, your will, and emotions? Let God recalibrate them. Start to think his thoughts. Start to want to do what he wants to do. Start to feel what he feels.